All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 263. The battle for LA is over and it caused an earthquake in California. LeBron James is approaching the biggest milestone in NBA history. The Lakers also made the first trade of the trade season. We're going to break down that whole scenario. We got a couple bouquet ballers for you. And of course, our final thought it's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick the intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 263. It was the battle of LA last night. It was such a battle that it caused an earthquake. Drew, did you feel the earthquake last night of the Clippers' victory? Are you playing with me? Was there actually an earthquake? There was actually an earthquake last night. I didn't feel it. I was sound asleep in my freezing home. Uh, yeah. In my little in my ice box, but I guess at like two o'clock in the morning, we had we had a nice one, a big one down here, and I think it was because of Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I I had no idea that there was even an earthquake. Was it was it up in OC or uh, I we I, I never felt it obviously, but I, I didn't even it, know that there was an earthquake at all. Well, everybody in LA sure felt it. They okay. felt that uh, it was all on Twitter this morning. I didn't feel anything. Wow. Um, maybe it didn't reach us down here in OC, but people were talking about it. So wow, uh, it did cause an earthquake last night. And I want to. We're going to break down this whole game. There's a lot to talk about in this. Yeah. And I absolutely, <laughs> first and foremost, I absolutely hate calling this the battle for LA. Okay. I hate calling it the battle of LA. The media obviously loves calling it that to get the numbers up, to get the views up. Yeah. Uh, and until we see each other in the playoffs, until there's a locker room series yeah. or anything, there is no battle. And if you want to call it a battle, if you want to do that, that's the Clippers 10th straight win. Drew, I want you to take notes on this. 10 straight wins against the Lakers after beating them last night, 133 to 115. Not only is it the 10th in a row, but it's also the last 34 of 41 games. We're going back a decade, bro. So yep. if we want if we want to call this a battle, the battle has been won. All right. The the these regular season matchups and look. Yeah. I understand Laker Nation. I always I understand that where are the banners? Where are the banners? I know wow. we don't have any banners. I get it. It's your go-to. It's your it's 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 what you guys say. But yeah. these these regular season victories for us, we love them. And if yeah. it was a battle, we're winning this battle, man. Clipper freaking nation. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, 10 and 0 for Ty Lue. Uh he's undefeated against the Lakers. That is his tenure uh for for the Clippers, which is very impressive. I do like it's very convenient for you to go back just 10 years because if we go back any further, then the battle for LA is still <laughs> the Lakers battle. Won, and there isn't a battle because you're right. You haven't won a banner. You haven't been to the finals and the go. Lakers have won a championship within there those is. last 10 years. So there is a lot to be said for what you're, and I don't want to, I don't want to stifle it. It's there's no excuses. The Lakers have been bad uh, outside of the bubble year, really like outside that of that was the year. Last, that was the last victory. The Lakers had against the Clippers was in the bubble. That was many, right. many moons ago. Yeah. And, and really like to your point outside of that year for the Lakers, just as a, as a team in a year, one season, we've been bad, <laughs> it's pretty plain and simple, really since, uh, you know, even, even when in the last years of Kobe, we were not a good team. We, I mean, we, we got rid of Powell and, you know, things changed up for us. And, uh, you know, we did have those back-to-back -back championships in 09 and 10, and then we got the bubble in 20. 
Uh, and that's been the, that's been the highlights for for Lakers fans uh, over the last decades. But yes, dominance by the Clippers in this series, certainly in the recent years, it's there's no argument against it. I mean, all the numbers are very obvious. It's point. It's point. <laughs> it's not. It's not close, and it hasn't been close for a while. But again, it's nice and convenient for you to just stop. Uh, 10 years. Well, we like 10 years. I like 10 years. De- a decade <laughs> is, is nice. So before we actually get into the game itself and the pure dominance of the Los Angeles Clippers uh-huh. uh, and the trade that the Lakers made this week, which we're going to talk about, uh, we, we have to have yet another discussion about the King, about LeBron James, before we yeah. even talk about the game in general. And what he did last night, 46 eight and seven, nine threes, career high, nine threes, zero turnovers, which is actually uh, crazy. He was so dominant. And the fact that he is 177 points away. Now, first of all, that's his 101st 40 point game, including the, the, the postseason. And he's 177 points away from tying or breaking Kareem's, the most coveted NBA individual uh, accomplishment of basketball, which he is going to do. We're going to see this guy do it probably in the next six games, seven games at the most could be five. If he continues playing as great as he is, but like my whole point, he was phenomenal last night. LeBron was absolutely exceptional. Everybody else we'll talk about in a minute, but I'm going to repeat what I just said, Drew, like he is 177 points away from breaking this record. This guy that we have watched for 20 years, this guy that was the chosen one on Sports Illustrated, this guy who has lived up to every single thing that anybody ever put on him and gone way past it. He's going to break this record. When he's done playing basketball, this this record will be demolished. It'll be so far out of reach. Yes, you Mm. can say, oh, Luca, my Steph won't be close. KD won't be close. Luca will maybe, if Luca has a 20-year career as successful as LeBron. But my, my point of this, Drew, is that when this record is broken, if you don't have LeBron in the legit conversation as the greatest basketball player ever to play, I understand the nostalgia with Mike. I understand we all hold on to Michael Jordan. Look, Michael is just as special to me as he is everybody else. I know how great Michael was. And this isn't the show where we're going to have the debate on who's the GOAT. But Mm. God damn it. 38,387 points, which is careers, which is Kareem's record that's going to be broken is something just so crazy to watch this guy do. And let's just... Uh, be thankful that we're alive and we're basketball fans and we get to see somebody do it. And LeBron has been insane at 38 years old. It's just, it blows my mind every single night. So what do you think about that, man? This record's going to be broken. Yeah, it's inevitable. I mean, really it's, it's probably within the next, I mean, it's shit. If you keep scoring like this, it's going to be within the next seven, seven games, right? Like if you just do the math, if it's, we just round up to 180. Uh, it'll be seven games, right? I mean, even if it's 20 points a game that he gets, which he's well over that. I mean, since he since his birthday, since his 38th birthday, he's averaging a little over 36 points per game. It's crazy. Since, since turning 38. Uh, so, yeah, man, the numbers are unbelievable. And the way he played last night was one of the best performances he's had in a Laker jersey, right? And, you know, he's had some really good ones for us over the years, so I don't want to diminish those, but that was a very, very clinical performance from a guy that's uh, defying the, you know, <laughs> defying time, defying all of the things 
all the metrics that we usually hold 38 year olds to that are professional athletes. He's blowing them out of the water. Um, it's a shame that we couldn't do anything other than watch him go off, right? Like as far as a Lakers team, I mean, we only had two other guys get into double digits, period. Only two. <laughs> and and it was Thomas Bryant. And it was Russell Westbrook. Uh, everybody else was not great last night. <laughs> that, 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 and that's probably taking it a little easy on everybody else. But yeah, man, uh, nine threes. When he's doing that and we can't capitalize and at least push it to a close game, that's uh, that's pretty shitty. So, yeah, hats off to LeBron, man. It, it's going to be incredible when he breaks it. I, I, I fully am ready to, to celebrate that for him. And I think even LeBron haters out there, the ones that, you know, whatever, they, they ride with Mike or they just don't like LeBron. Or they love Kobe. Most Lakers fans you know, are Sure, yeah. If you, lo- if you take the Kobe side of things, too. But you got to take a step back and and just realize that this is we're never going to see this again. I, I fully I fully believe that there was not going to be a player that breaks LeBron's record because it took him. You know, it'll probably take him, you know, 20, 21 years, whatever, 19 years. I don't know how many years he is now. 19, is it 19? This is year it season, 20. This is year 20. Yeah. Season 19. I don't know how it works. But uh, yeah, man, the, the the arguments for any future players coming into the league to do this is it's it's the it's the task of the of the 20 years and most guys will never play 20 years in the nba uh-uh. including luka Doncic, uh who we got to see what his father looks like and i know for a fact after seeing that man mr Doncic. hey what a hog though that that's a big boy luka is not going to be playing in the league for 20 years he already came out and said that a couple weeks back going like yeah i'm not i'm i think i'm going to be done way before 20 years and i fully agree right he's going to have to change his whole mentality once he hits the back end of 30 or even like his middle 30s if he's going to want to do something like that and i just don't see anybody coming to the league uh and dominating the way that luka is right and and it's possible that one kid comes along in in the near future that is enters the league at 18 and just starts putting up 28 points a game right from the jump like Luca is and and that might actually have the the longevity to last for 20 seasons without getting a, an injury like a significant injury which is the other side of things that LeBron has been able to duck for his entire career he's had smaller injuries and and you know things like that certainly on the Lakers he's had some injury problems over the last couple of seasons but uh incredible I mean it's just incredible stuff man nobody will touch it that's in the NBA currently that's for sure there's no way I just, I just, every time I tell myself I'm watching this guy play 20 years in the NBA and watching him do what he did last night, like, yeah, there was a couple games when Vince Carter, you know, put up like 25 and everybody was like, wow, this guy, LeBron's doing it night in, night out. And what he did last night was, was just absolutely amazing. I mean, he, he he had maybe nine for nine for 13 threes. Uh, He was the only guy on the court. Uh, keeping the the Lakers within the game, but I I, I do want to talk about this game because you know PG and Ka- Kawhi combined for fifty two points, LeBron and Pat Bev combined for fifty nine points. I mean forty nine points. Uh, if <laughs> <laughs> if we want to talk about that, Pat Bev did have one bucket last night. Um, you know, I asked on the last podcast. I said I really wanted the Clippers to have like a come to Jesus, a players only meeting. Mm. I wanted that to happen. And thank you to Norman Powell who did it before our five game road trip going into San Antonio. And this is the Clipper basketball team that I and we as a fan base have been waiting for. Okay. This is the basketball team. Um, You know, uh, 
we're turning the corner, Drew. We're turning the corner with our offense. We're turning our cor- the corner with our defense. Our rotations are looking nice. Our three-point shooting, even last night, 19 for 38. Yeah. Uh, and I know these last three games have been a small sample size of the team that I know that we can become. And I know there are still glaring holes in the rebounding and the offensive rebounding and the turnovers and the second chance points. They are, there are, there are issues, but what, what they've been doing the past three games has been exactly what I've been asking for. And Ty Lewis really trying to figure out these rotations, you know, Rocco, John Wall's out and Terrence Mann has been starting. Rocco came in early last night and look, he, he had eight points, but he had four blocks. Nico Batum, you know, uh, six assists, six rebounds. Like all these guys are starting to click. And I think that comes, obviously it all starts with Kawhi and the health of Paul George. Everything changes with Kawhi. And we're seeing right now, this is the Kawhi Leonard that we've been waiting for. It's, it took him 15 games to get his legs back. This is the guy. He was chomping at the bit last night. Every time he got the switch on Max Christie, like, give me the rock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give me the goddamn ball. But look, answering. Uh, I mean, we started hot in that game. I think it was 15 to 15 to five at one point coming yeah, out. It was nine, nothing, down. nine, nothing to start the game. It was nine. Oh, quick. Right. Yeah. But it's the it's the Norman Powell's off the bench. When we're when we are hitting three pointers, when we're locked in and focused on defense and when we can keep the turnovers to a minimum, this is the basketball team that I'm talking about. They looked very impressive last night. Paul looked great. Couple, you know, dumb. He he does this stupid ass dribble where he tries to do the Derrick Rose like in between trying to split two mm. defenders that just has not been working. Once in a while it works, but again, it starts with Kawhi Leonard and yeah. followed by Paul George and then the rest of the guys. Terrence yeah. Mann hit three pointers. Uh, again, Rocco Norman Powell has been absolutely phenomenal the past. Uh, you know, three, four games he's getting. The thing is, Drew, is they get their looks when Kawhi's in the game. They yeah. get those looks. And we we don't have uh, Luke Kennard back at the moment. And he's going to be in the same boat. He can't wait to play with these guys because that's when he thrives. Mm-hmm. So I thought defensively last night, our whole body language, our energy, everything from the jump. That's what I want the Clippers to do from here on out. Now, look, I'm going to I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm I'm jumping the gun on this, but my my bouquet baller of the week is going to be Reggie Jackson because, nice. and I've been man, I've been talking a lot of shit about Reggie. Yeah, you've been hard on him. Say shit, I'm just keeping it real. Like Reggie has not been Reggie all year. Uh, he we we rode him so hard for two years, played the most minutes last season, and things just haven't been clicking. I don't know if he's going through you know some mental stuff, and you know athletes go through it a lot, but Reggie has not been Reggie, and I've been highly critical about him, and so is Clipper Nation. Also, with looming tread de- deadline hanging over, like I think it, there's a lot of pressure. In the past three games, Reggie has been great, accepting the role off the bench. He had a decent game in San Antonio, was big in Dallas. And then last night, for whatever reason, Reggie does play good against the Lakers. I think he likes that Russell Westbrook matchup. I think there's a little thing that goes back to OKC that Reggie really likes. And he came out and he played his ass off. So I want to give Reggie his flowers because he is so important to this team, Drew. He really is. Even in the backup role, we wanted it from uh, from John Wall. And, you know, I still hope we keep this whole squad together. We'll talk about trade scenarios in a little bit. But I want to give Reggie his flowers because he's playing great basketball and he needs to understand how important his offense is to our yeah. basketball team. So flowers to Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big game from Reggie. I think he had 19. Right. Powell had 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, both guys coming off the bench. When you get that kind of production off your guys from the bench, that's huge. Right. That's huge. 
Uh, but I think you touched on it, man. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say Kawhi Leonard might be back now, right? Mm-hmm. That's eight straight 100%. games, eight straight games of 24 plus points in the last eight that he's played. And some of those went up into the thirties pretty high too. So uh, great to see Kawhi back uh, doing his thing. I will say uh, just for this game in particular, you know, this was, this was a great game for the Clippers to really, you know, uh, hammer, <laughs> hammer the Lakers down. We couldn't do anything. Off, I mean, other than LeBron, we couldn't really do anything offensively speaking. So I think you all looked fantastic, right? Just in within the framework of who your opponent was in that particular night. No one had an answer for LeBron, but everyone else was shit in the bed for the Lakers. So it, it teed it up really nicely for you guys to have a great team win, pretty comfortable win throughout the entirety of that game. Uh, but yes, man, Kawhi being back, seeing them, uh, seeing him play with Paul George, is it's awesome and it, and it hasn't been enough games right that's what we've been talking about since they've since they've really since they've joined the clippers four years ago is just the, the lack of games that they've played together with the whole unit and now you're starting to get a little bit of that rhythm back and throughout this time you've been able to actually maintain a decent standing in the west because the west is fucking crazy right now it's 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 one of the worst i don't want to say this you know and be too demonstrative about it but this is one of the worst western conference seasons in in recent history right as far as like the performances of teams like that we expect to be very high up on the list outside of denver really everybody else that we thought was going to be up there you know golden state uh phoenix all these teams have really fallen off this season um so they're they're even though the clippers haven't been looking necessarily the best up until recently they're still sitting in the five seed right now. It's amazing <laughs> at a, at a that record that's of twenty six and twenty four. It's amazing <laughs> so, that that's even a thing. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I do think this is you know this might be right when the Clippers start hitting stride and start playing the basketball that we know that they're capable of. Uh, you know, you just got to hope that everyone can can keep moving in the right direction here for them. And if they can, you know, because the West is so tight, they're only. Uh, one game back from the Pelicans in the four seed, three games back from Sacramento, Sacramento no, in the three seed uh, and three. And, you know, so th- it's very easy for the Clippers to vault back up into the spots that we kind of thought they were going to be in the beginning of the year. Right. We thought certainly I thought they would be in the top four seeds as we got down to the wire. We knew it might take a little while to get everyone back and such, you know, so on and so forth. But huge, huge recent performances from this Clippers team should be really exciting for Clippers fans. Well, it is. And it, it takes these these things to happen, man. It goes it happens with every team. We saw it with Boston last year. Um, you know, sometimes it takes a come to Jesus moment and realizing like the one thing the Clippers do have that a lot of other NBA teams don't have is we got a solid veteran crew. A lot of these a lot of these up and coming teams or young bucks don't really necessarily know what it takes to get to the playoffs and get to the finals. You know, Kawhi and Norman Powell have won a chip together. These are strong veterans. Now we are the oldest team in the NBA. We should have a strong, uh, if, if you're the oldest teams, it means you got a lot of vets on the squad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think this happens every season with the Clippers too. I remember two years ago it was against Atlanta where, you know, we were in a slump and then we had this huge game against Atlanta. Luke came out and had a great game. It was that game last year against Washington where we came back from 35 and kind of changed the whole trajectory of like our, our, our focus going into the next games. And I think what I, the, the, the thing I'm taking away most from that game, it's not about beating the Lakers, which I really enjoy and Clipper fans really enjoy and no, they didn't have AD, but that's, it is what it is, uh, is the focus and the approach and how we came out playing every game. And I think when you go watch the tape, 
after this, when you, when they go in the locker room and they watch the tape, they're all going to realize that they were focused on defense and everything starts with defense and T man's been looking good on D. I mean, again, Kawhi doesn't change everything, not just everything offensively, but he changes everything defensively. Um, ask Luka Doncic, ask Luka. Cause it's like, Luka can have his way with a lot of people in the NBA. And for whatever reason, he cannot be Kawhi. It, Kawhi mm-hmm. is one of the dudes that just owns Dallas and, uh, and Luka. So, uh, which is, I mean, I don't know. Luca, Luca can get off any single night, but Kawhi just changes everything. When you have a defensive minded team, if you got T man and, and Paul George and Kawhi, who are all really good at D, but again, the second chance points, when and Gabriel last night, that was getting buckets and uh, dumb fouls and, you know, missing free throws and shit like that. I just think that this is the, this is the turning point and yeah. we need to double down on the turning point going into the all-star break here. Right. Let's knock off. Let's, you know, you mentioned, uh, Paul and Kawhi not playing together a lot. And it's very true. I think they've played 90 some odd games together right. in the four years. In those 90 games, the Clippers have won 70% of the games. Numbers mm-hmm. don't lie. When these guys play together, something works, right? So um, I also feel like this is a big opportunity for Rocco. I want to keep Rocco. I really like him. I think he's very versatile. He can knock down a three-pointer. He obviously loves playing defense. He's undersized at the center position, which we're going to talk about, hopefully, uh, you know, figuring something out at that position because Zubak, even at times, he looks unplayable as well. You know, he has a really hard time against AD. He has a really hard time against uh, uh, Embiid. You know, all these guys, he needs help. We need help uh, on the rebounds the second chance points and all that shit. But I really feel that this is going to be the turning point. Now to the Lakers. um, I think you guys have been playing really good basketball. LeBron's been, I mean, you, you went through, I think you lose three, then you win four, then you lose a couple. Uh, These kind of losses can be kind of defeating. If you saw how LeBron looked after when he got pulled in the fourth quarter, after getting, you know, when it was over, when we were up 15 and whatnot, he looked absolutely defeated. He looked, his body language was horrible. He was like, fucking save me AD because I'm doing everything I possibly can. Like LeBron has done for every team he's ever played for, but they just can't get over the hump. And, you know, you made a big trade this week, if you want to call it big. So you got rid of Kendrick Nunn, who has been an absolute zero for the Lakers for in how many seasons has he been there? Is this his third or his second season? Second, second this, season. Second season, all right? He's he didn't play 30- a single game last year. Didn't right. play one game last year. So he's played 39 games for the Lakers, and 11 of those games, of those 39, he had zero points, all right? Mm-hmm. I said the same thing when the Clippers got John Wall. Low risk, high reward for Rui Hachimura. Now, the casual NBA fan, probably the casual Laker fan, don't even know who Rui Hachimura is, right? Mo- most likely, because nobody talks about Washington, unless, you know, <laughs> unless you're a Wiz fan and whatnot, you probably don't know. But Rui's a solid pickup. I think, again, low risk, high reward kind of guy. He's not the piece that I thought the Lakers need or think that they need, but you brought in a versatile wing, which you wanted, who's yep. young. And if you can get him to sign uh, an extension, could be a big, a, a, a good add to you guys. He's not a three-point shooter, but he's got legs, can run with Russell if that's part of, you know, if that's part of the plan for them. What did you think about the Rui pickup? Because it was from, it was out of left field too, to be honest with you. Yep. I, I didn't think he was even on the radar for the Lakers. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I'll, the first thing I'll say is he is actually 41% on catch-and-shoot threes, which is by far the highest percentage that the Lakers would have on the roster. So there is that. And, yes, he's not a pull-up type of uh, shot creator, and certainly not from that depth. But he is a solid NBA player. was a great player at Gonzaga. took him a little while to, to find his feet up there in the college game. 
uh, has had, you know, kind of the short end of the stick over in the Washington Wizards and got banged up here and there. And I think he had like an eye problem. I remember you know, just just like random injuries that he's had. And it's uh, been a stop start kind of a motion for his 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 uh, career in the NBA thus far. Uh, I like the pickup. Right. So let me let me go back to the the episode where we went with our with our resolutions my biggest resolution was to capitalize on, you know, the momentum that we had where we started, you know, the new year undefeated. We were five and zero in 2023. Uh, and then, you know, we, we hit the skids a little bit and, you know, uh, have lost some games here and there were five and five in the last 10 games. The Lakers are, but my second part of that was like, let's be smart in the trade market. And this seems like a pretty smart trade, right? I can haggle and, and be a little bit negative about, okay, why did we give up three second round picks or why wasn't the name bigger or why wasn't there more players involved? You know what I mean? Like, you know, not just Rui or maybe we tried and, you know, I, I guess my hope would have been like, let's, let's package none and these second rounders and a first and maybe one other player to see if we can get a bigger name player or a couple players to fill in some spots here. But the first and foremost I think this was a pretty smart move. You 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 nailed it with Kendrick Nunn. He was not fit in the bill. That was essentially a clutch move, right? Like that's the clutch agency that brought him in there and gave him that deal, two-year deal. And he only played, like you said, a handful of games for the Lakers. And even fewer of those was he even valuable to us. So it was good to make some space there. We had an overload of guards. We still have more guards than we need. But bringing in wing depth is number one thing that the Lakers needed. Uh, so we address that. And I think Hachimura will start for this Lakers team. I think he will be a valuable member to this team moving forward. And I think he can provide a lot of depth and versatility uh, offensively and defensively. If we want to go small and have AD at the center and Rui at the four with LeBron, we can do that. If we want to go big and have whatever center that we want to play alongside LeBron James and have uh, uh, Anthony Davis and Rui on the court together, we can do that too. Rui can play, I think, down to a small forward, up to a power forward pretty easily. Uh, so look, I think it's a step in the right direction to this trade. I hope it's not the last move or the only move we make this year, because I, I still think there's room for us to get better in this trade market. Uh, but look, I, I like the kid. I'm excited for him. I'm excited that the Lakers have another wing where, you know, Troy Brown and Juan Toscano Anderson have tried their hardest, but have not really fit the bill. So I'm hopeful he can. Um, but he's not the savior, Drew. Like this isn't no. the trade that you make and like, oh, okay, the season's saved. No, it's a good move. It shows you that, you know, I texted you right away and said, well, at least you know that Palinka is doing his job, right? He's doing his <laughs> due diligence. And maybe Thomas Bryant, who played with uh, Rui in Washington, maybe mm -hmm. he threw the, 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 the note out like, hey, man, we should check out this kid. He's unhappy over here. You could probably get him for nothing, right? You had to give up the two ra second round picks and three. none with three. Was three, it three second round. Three second sure? round. Yes, three God, second round picks okay. and Kendrick Nunn. I know that's why I'm like, damn, well, that's okay. I what thought... is that? You know, uh, they they're not they're not super desirable picks, right? And like, what do we do with second round picks as an organization? Zero. We don't do jack shit with. We might as well just pick from the undrafted players pool mm -hmm. and hope that we find another Alex Caruso somewhere in the dust. But yeah, man, he's not the savior. The savior happens to be a guy who's already on the team, and his name is Anthony Davis. He is supposed to be playing tonight. Uh, we, we are supposed to see him and Rui Hachimura on the floor tonight. I don't know if LeBron will play. I'm assuming he will because he wants to get this record. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully we will see like a new starting lineup and a new look for this Lakers team with bringing back Anthony Davis, who was playing at his best level since 2020 before this most recent injury that happened in December. Uh, so that is that is, in a sense, 
if we don't make another move, gaining Anthony Davis back on the floor is a big is a big thing for us to gain. Obviously, right? He's I I think he's best player, second best player alongside LeBron James, clearly. And when those two are on the floor, we've seen success happen, right? It it happens. We can we can play and we can win with those two guys as long as everyone else is doing their part. So I'll be interested to see how Darvin Ham treats you know this new rotation. Is he going to start Rui Hachimura? Is he going to bring him off the bench? My yeah, guess is he's he'll. He'll probably come off the bench to start just like just to get some feel for things and see where how he lines up well with LeBron and plays with these other guys. But eventually I would love to see him in the starting lineup because that's where we need him. Yeah. So is he going to get Wenyon's minutes and Thomas Bryant's been playing great. Like one really good thing is Thomas has been, you know, getting a lot of reps with AD being out. He's been solid for you guys. Yes. But Rui will probably get those Wenyon minutes, which would be nice. And I like Wenyon, you know, I do. The minutes I think that he'll take are Troy Brown's mostly. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think we'll have him at the three or the or the four. However you want to slide LeBron and him around is fine. I do think Troy Brown will will be the one that sacrifices the most minutes, and I still think Thomas Bryant will play a decent role within this uh, team with Anthony Davis back. The, the interesting part about it is when AD was going off and cooking, Thomas was injured, so we never really had those two guys going mm-hmm. where he can you know sub in for for AD or they can play alongside each other for a little bit here and there. I do think the return to starting Anthony Davis at the center is the goal here, right? Like that's when he was starting to do his thing is when he was the center and we have the rest of the guys out there. So Thomas, I think will come off the bench. I think Troy Brown will move to the bench eventually and we'll have, uh, you know, AD and Rui and LeBron and, and then pick the two guards, right? It's probably Schroeder and Pat Bev right now, my guess. Don't you think that AD should have played last night though? Like if you're going to play <laughs> on the back-to-back, why not play against the Clippers, you know, in the battle of LA, like everybody right. wants to say, and I understand you're playing San Antonio tonight. So maybe easing AD back into the starting lineup might be a little bit better, but also you're going to be going against Pirtle, who is like literally murdering cats right now. Pirtle, Pirtle, ain't somebody to sleep on, but um, I just thought it was weird. I thought AD should have played last night. It looked like Rui was working out before the game. Maybe he could have played last night as well, mm-hmm. or maybe they were just wanted to hold off a little bit and let LeBron cook. Well, yeah, I mean, and it was something we missed in in covering LeBron's statistics was that was the the last team that he hadn't scored a forty point yeah. game on was the Clippers. So that was record achieved there. And as he well. knew it. He knew it too, right? And I, yeah. I, I knew going into the game, like no matter what, Bron's getting forty. Doesn't matter. He's yeah. going for forty and getting forty. Yeah. So I, I think that might have had something to do with it. Maybe that's why they didn't play AD. Is like, okay. you know, we might take a loss, but LeBron's going to get this this weird record. I don't. I hope that's not why. Like the direction that we're thinking, like that, that shouldn't be what we're thinking about, right? right? But it, it, it's possible that that was the reasoning. The thing that I heard from the reporting was that you know he just even even for this game tonight against San Antonio, it's like if Anthony Davis wakes up and feels good then he'll play. And it's like, well, fuck man. Like what are, that's, that's the, that's what we're, that's the barometer is like if mm-hmm. Anthony Davis wakes up on the good side of the bed, then he'll play. Does he, does he text Darvin? Like, Hey, I feel okay. And then you're <laughs> playing. Or what if he said, I didn't sleep too well last night. Does that mean you're not playing? What does right. that mean? Yeah. So that, you know, we're getting in the weeds there a little bit. I hope there's some accountability uh, for Anthony Davis and for how he's feeling. And it's like, okay, you know, we've had, we've had several weeks now to get this back up and ready. And for, of majority of these weeks, for, according to Woj, it's been pain free. So it's like, okay, if it's been pain free and you've been working out and everything seems to be good, like why? What's the what's the holdup? So uh, I don't know, man. I I'll be I'll definitely be tuning into this game. I want to see what this lineup looks like. 
and I think it could be could be something that we can you know hopefully build on here. Uh, certainly, the depth uh, adding Rui Hachimura and getting rid of a guard that happened to be Kendrick Nunn makes a lot of sense. Uh, I again, I'll go back and I'll say I hope I hope there's one extra move, one extra player or or two that we can bring in to really round this out a little bit. Uh, but but I'm I'm pretty happy with how we're doing so far. Uh, with, at least with this particular trade, I'm still disappointed in how the, the the team played yesterday, and I'm generally disappointed about how poor we are as a team <laughs> uh, currently. Uh, but you know, when you when you don't have Anthony Davis, as we've seen while he's been injured over the years, it's just a whole different team, and it's hard to hard to win when you don't have that piece, um, you know, involved. Yeah, so, I know exactly how that feels not having yeah. Kawhi for a whole freaking year. I get it exactly. You yeah. know, it makes it really difficult. So a couple things. Uh, happened today on the trade block or people that were made available. And I went on our page on the clips and drew page. If you don't follow us at clips and drew, you should follow our Instagram page. Uh, Nas Reed is going to be available or the, there's going to be a lot of teams that are interested in Nas. I love Nas Reed. I would, I think that I mentioned on the last show, like a Plumley Rozier, we're looking yeah. for a point guard, like those kind of guys I want to look at when I heard that Nas Reed is possibly available and the Clippers are looking at him. That's the guy I want to go for. He torches the Clippers every single time we play him. He can spread the floor. He can rebound. He's a big body. He's inexpensive at 10 million a year. We have a trade exception that I think went with, uh, went with Bledsoe last year. I think that yeah. we have where the money actually works to where we could get him, yeah. whether or not they want to trade him, I mean, when Carl Anthony Town comes back, the minutes are going to be, uh, you know, smaller for Nas. They already have two bigs. They put everything in to go bear and whatnot. I would like the Clippers to take a strong look at Nas Reed. If we can get him for nothing, it would be like the Rui Hachimura pickup for the Lakers. It would benefit us so much. We don't have to go deep in the pockets or trade away a lot of different players. But there are also two other players that was mentioned today that the Brooklyn Nets are actually willing to take calls on. And that's Seth Curry and Patty Mills. <clears throat> and I've been saying, man, Patty Mills has been the Clipper killer forever. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and Seth Curry. Okay. I think he's wow. looking for a really great opportunity uh, to, to be a starting point guard in the NBA and to bring some value and to win a championship. And although he's not Steph, he's a damn good basketball player yeah, that could shoot. The three. He's great. Yeah. I think he's perfectly fine. And Patty Mills would, it would be turnkey for the Clippers as well. A veteran coming in that, you know, you don't got to tell what to do. The guy knows basketball very well. Uh, he's a champion, right? He won one win San Antonio or a, a couple. Did he win any? Uh, Patty? Yeah, I think yeah, he, Pat I think he, Patty's got I think he was there for the you. for the 2014. I think he was there for that one. Yeah, I, those guys are the kind of guys I want to look at. What's the ticket on Seth Curry? What's the ticket on uh, yeah. on Patty Mills? Uh, is there a buyout option here? So those and, and also for the Lakers as well. Pat Beverly ain't cutting it for you guys. Okay, it's just no it's shit. Just, it's not working. <laughs> and uh, you know I love Pat, right? Yeah. But two things happened last night that I noticed. Number one, that everybody noticed the worst flop job ever, Patrick. Okay, this is what's happening to the NBA on that certain play where it's just, we're just begging the refs. We're making, <laughs> we're going to act. So the refs will make some dumbass call. And even the refs were like, bro, you, what are you doing? You know, not one of those people blew the whistle or yeah. even thought about it. Okay. And then the other thing is after the game, Pat looks way more involved with the Clipper players. He looks like he's given the Clipper players way more love than I've seen him give anybody on the Lakers, right? He was broing after the game, hugs to Zubak, hugs to PG, Kawhi. There's conversations. Pat Beverly's not the guy for you guys right now. He shouldn't, like you had mentioned yeah. on the last show, 
They should have kept him in Minnesota. He would have been perfect there. But if Patty or Seth Curry yeah. is available, you guys should – that might be worth one of those picks, Drew. Definitely. And Seth Curry, I would give up one of those first-rounders for Seth. I mm-hmm. would. I think he would really, really round us out. I mean, look, dude, for my entire time that we've had this fucking podcast, I, I have just asked for one thing, and it would be a, a fucking shooter that can play – you know, 25 to 30 minutes and mm-hmm. Seth Curry can certainly do that. Patty Mills as well on a, on a slightly different level, but uh, that Seth, that Seth, inf- you know, that news about Seth being available, like, you know, this is where, you know, I I'm, I'm happy with Rui, but again, like, this is where, like, could you we have done that besides Rui, right? Could we have traded, you know, a couple of those second rounders and, and, and went after Seth Curry. Right. And look, 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 I, I know we're, you know, I can't be beggars can't be choosers. Right. You know, I, I can't get down on the Lakers from doing something that I've requested of them by getting <laughs> a wing. Right. So I'm happy. We, it was definitely, a, I think more than getting a guard, having somebody on the wing that, that can be a good player was of the utmost importance. So I'm glad we did that, but Fuck, dude, Seth Curry would be like a dream come true for us, bro. I mean, damn. Like, look at what LeBron has done with those types of guys over the course of his career. I mean, he has he has been able to surround himself with the likes of Kyle Korver. And, and you know, all, over the years, the, the list is long of those, those types of players that are just, you know, corner catch and shoot kinds of guys. And Seth actually has a little bit more to his game than I think Kyle Korver ever did, um, you know, as far as a shot creation. Uh, and 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 really just offensive uh, abilities. So fuck, dude. That I mean, that's kind of that would be a home run if we could. And even Patty Mills, like I'm you know, just thinking about it, like Patty Mills would be just fine as well. But great. I mean, Seth would be. That's that's my new number one wish at this point is we can we could somehow snag Seth Curry. Well, maybe Palinka just wanted to make a move really quick. I'm pretty sure there wouldn't be a bidding war over Rui. You know right. what I'm saying? Which like, is why, we, like, three seconds. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. No, it does I'm matter. Happy. It does I'm happy. matter. I'm happy. Okay. I'm happy. We're going to stick okay. with me being happy. But, okay. yes, I'm with you on, on where you're headed with this, man. There, <laughs> it feels like we could have maybe finagled a little bit. And it really, Rui was, like, the first piece. He's the first domino to fall on this trade deadline, the trade market as we get to the deadline. We haven't really seen any other moves happen. So, well, when you think uh, about it, though, you could have like Brooklyn would have taken Pat Beverly back. You know what I mean? You could Brooklyn would be great for Pat Bev, right? I think that that might still be able to happen, right? Uh, that could it could happen. I mean, you know, I Schroeder would be available, right? Like I, I Schroeder's been playing great, and I don't want to get rid of him because he's been playing really, really well. But but you know, I I always remember what happened at the last time that he was on the Lakers towards the back end of that season and how that just went fucking sideways Foul. super fast, right? So, you know, I don't want to get rid of Schroeder. It's definitely Patrick Beverly that I would like. Beverly and Nunn were the two that we probably, you know, were, were shopping. Yeah, but our um, NBA team's reaching out being like, hey, give me Pat Bev. I know no. he's shooting one for eight every single night, but bring no. him here, especially when Brooklyn's trying to win a championship. But if you put Pat Bev on a team where he literally just has to play defense and be a fucking asshole, that's what he can do, right? Yes, and he can help whatever young players Brooklyn has, and they don't have many. Maybe he can bring the locker room together and with the with the chemistry they need with Simmons and KD. I'm sure KD would take P- Pat Bev any day of the week, right? But yeah. look, those are the kind of pickups. I don't think that there's this huge, like I had said on the last show, like there isn't this huge, oh, go for Kyrie or go for Russell kind of moves. I think these little ones can help these teams on the fringe that is, you know, and we're going to get into the Western Conference next and and just uh, a trip around the NBA. It's these little players like a Patty Mills, 
would would change everything for the Clippers. I said I mentioned Fred Van Vliet. I think the ticket's going to be way too high for Van yep. Vliet. Whatever rumor developed about the Clippers being interested in Kyle Lowry just pissed me off so much <laughs> because that is not the answer. Kyle Lowry's not the answer. Fred Van Vliet would be the answer. Right. Sure. But well, there's no. It looks like Phoenix might be Phoenix might be first in line. It looks and like. they and they probably have the funds to do that and the yeah. and, and the trade assets and whatnot. And good for Fred. I hope I hope he can do that. But there's no reason to bring in 35 year old out of shape Kyle Lowry and and just re, recreate the the Raptors. I don't want to <laughs> do that. But really quick before we go on a trip around the league, you didn't mention what you thought about the Nas Reed pickup because I think another that's just another yeah. great player that would fit perfectly into what the Clippers need. We don't need a dominant we don't need to try to get Joel Embiid or any right. of the Brooke, Brooke Lopez or anybody like that it's a guy that can help Zubak help Zub out on the defensive boards stretch the floor a little bit and play his ass off what do you think about that pick yeah I I, I overreacted to the Seth Curry news that, that's all I that's all I heard uh, Nas Reed is a great player I, I you know as far for his role right mm-hmm. for for his salary for his role he can he can deliver right huge pickup if the Clippers could snag him I do think you 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 know kind of swung and missed on the Hardenstein Hardenstein. That was the guy that you rock, probably should have you know. Doled We're out still the bag looking for. at him. He's still he's out of Tibbs' rotation. Right. Yeah. And that's but you you had the opportunity to like to you know to just sign him and keep him on the roster. He was right. really good for you guys last year, and mm-hmm. and we praised him a lot on this on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are the minutes that have kind of fallen to the wayside. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody's been able to, to back up Zub the way that Hardenstein did last year. So uh, Nas reads a step up from Hardenstein. Uh, he's, he's much more skilled with the ball. And I think, uh, you know, defensively, they're probably about adequate, uh, they're similar rather. Um, so, but yeah, Isaiah, Nas, but Isaiah Nas knows the offense. Isaiah right. knows the offense. He yeah. could come in and again, it's another pickup where I don't think we have to give up anything. He's out of Tibbs rotation. They might just give him away for almost nothing, maybe a cash consideration or whatever the hell it is. And we didn't sign him because he was going to command more money. We knew that that was going to happen. It happened with Montrez Harrell. It happened with Isaiah Hartenstein and good for him to get, to get paid in New York. We right. should have paid him. You're right. We could have yeah. paid him probably well, less. Cause it was, it's, it's less than what Nasri's getting paid. Right. I think it was like two years for 15 is what Hardenstein got so that's yeah. you know seven and a half and so mm-hmm. you know it financially I know the Clippers were like well fuck do we got so many you know <laughs> you know everyone's getting paid right mm-hmm. so uh, I get it but you know uh I think either one of those guys <laughs> again you know we've talked a little bit about this last couple episodes uh a little bit of, of help on the bigs I think would be important now that Reggie's playing a little bit better you may, may you know maybe you just let the guard position be as it is and see what happens with John Wall because I don't know too many teams that would want to trade for him right uh right you know i don't and maybe reggie is uh, maybe reggie somebody wants to, to snag i know norm powell will be a guy that people would we're want not getting but him. you don't want to give him years up. left with him there's yeah, no you don't want to give him up him. exactly oh. so i i do think that the, the position becomes the center position that you have to address and so yeah nasreed awesome uh hardenstein do it you know it robin fucking lopez i don't know where he is somewhere he's out there somewhere is he in washington I, I don't know. Fire sailing? I, 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 he was in Orlando. He, I, he might be in Washington. I have no idea where he like, is. Like, is Washington but... really going to build their team around Kyle Kuzma? Is this really what's going to happen? Is it Brad Beal, Kyle Kuzma? Like, they're going and all Porzingis. in on this? And Porzingis. And That's Porzingis, the, who got hurt again. Damn, the triumvirate. Really... Man, and did you see Kuzma's outfit yesterday? What you mean the hell lack was of that? outfit? There was, he wasn't even wearing a shirt. It was a lack. There was a lack of clothing, is it what was, I saw. I think Ease in the Breeze, the homie that, <laughs> excuse me, that listens to our show, he's like... uh Grandma's crochet with granddad's pants. And I'm like, dude, you hit it spot on. What the hell is that? 
You're going to base, you really going to get rid of all these assets for this guy. And Kyle's had a great year. I said he was a borderline all-star this year. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's like 22 points a game. Yeah. He's, he's always been a good rebounder. Uh, he's he's playing his ass be, off over there. Could that be the case of just like shitty team, good numbers? Could be one of those. Like I'm looking at Keldon Johnson yeah. this year, right? Like Keldon is a hooper, baller. He's getting yeah. good numbers too, but like great, good player, shitty team. Like that's probably what yeah. it is. Well, look, Kuzma Kuzma's going to flourish in any situation where he can shoot 20 times a game, Facts. right? Like that's Facts. that's just right up his well, right up his alley, right? He can shoot with no consequences. Doesn't right. have to look over and see LeBron going like what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like and no expectations he, either. They're like the dude, cuffs, going the nowhere. cuffs are off. The cuffs are off. Kuzma is loose, right? So the front uh, office is like just keep these games close. If we can win a couple, Kyle, awesome. <laughs> if not, like it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, man, I do think that I another guy that I'll just throw out there is Jeremy Grant, just just into the into the atmosphere of of trade um, deals that could go down. I think Jeremy he's got Grant's, a home up there, though. He's he's got he's on an expiring deal. The Blazers mm. are not good right now, and mm. I don't think he's gonna like they're not gonna make a run to the Western Conference Finals with just Dame and, and Jeremy Grant. I know that they they have you know a little bit of a move uh, a youth movement there, but I think. I'm pretty sure Grant is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So why why not look what look and see what you can get for him as opposed to waiting to the offseason and let him go for free or re-signing him to a massive deal and then being mediocre for several years. That's something that Bill Simmons mentioned that really struck a chord with me. Is like, okay, you know, the, the Blazers need to make a decision here, right? Um, and I think it's it's it it would I think be they wise. made it last year. Drew, getting rid of CJ and Norm and Rocco, yep. I think right. they made the decision that like it's rebuild mode. We're not we're not going to win anything, but they. I didn't mean to interrupt you either, bro. But like Portland started, the, it started yep. so well, right? Yeah, they're like, oh shit, Jeremy Grant, this might be the missing piece that that we needed, right? I don't. I just think he found a home, and you have to pay people at some point. You have to put people on long term deals, or at least now in in today's NBA, a four year deal, which is yep. now long term. Uh, but if he came available, he'd be like he was in free agency before. People are going to want Jeremy Grant. Yeah. 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 And that's the only reason I'm bringing it up is because because of the fact that he's a free agent. And and I don't know if Portland will be wanting to commit a four year, probably hundred million dollar deal, mm-hmm. maybe maybe 80 million, you know, four or five years for 80 or 100, kind of like the Brunson deal. I don't, I don't think that they would want to do that necessarily. I, and I could be wrong. I mean, look, I'm not trying to say that he doesn't fit well. I think he fits great up there. It's just like, I don't think they're doing anything. And so like why get stuck at having to pay this guy 20 to $25 million a year when maybe you can go get a first round pick for him or, you know, a couple or a couple players cool. that are younger or something like that. I think this is a really good segue into taking us through the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, because when you mentioned that they're not doing anything or going anywhere, it seems like there's a lot of teams that aren't (laughs) doing anything or going anywhere. So take us on a tour around the league, Drew. Let us know what's going on in the West, because the Western Conference, it's bad, man. There's only one team really sticking out in the Western Conference, right? We're kind of off the New Orleans trains right now because Zion's not playing, but Denver's the only one that is standing out to anybody. And just take us through, Drew. Take us on a trip. Yeah, well, so Denver and Philly are the two hottest teams in the NBA right now. Uh, Boston is still the best team in the NBA record-wise, and I think they're doing just fine. But no Jalen Brown. They've lost uh, the last two games. And, you know, they're still 8-2 and two in the last 10. Don't get me wrong. They're still doing great. So I don't want to leave them out of this conversation. But they're exactly where they've been this whole season at the top of the East. Philly and uh, Denver are the, are the hottest teams as far as in the last 10 games. Uh, Denver is 9-1. and one. 
and uh, Philly is eight and two, along with Boston, as I mentioned. Uh, but focusing on the West, man, it after Denver, you get Memphis in the two seed. Uh, they've taken a little bit of a skid here recently because of uh, Jaw being in and out of the lineup. And, and T. Morant. What's that? They're taking they're taking a slide because of Jaw's dad, T. Morant. Oh, T. I'm oh, sorry. That whole sorry. fucking thing, bro. <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, which, that whole thing we happened. Didn't even we didn't, talk I can't about. believe we didn't. Yeah, we didn't even talk about well, that. Well, because shit. it's run its course, man. It's yeah. run its course. Shannon, but, Shannon Sharp just wants he wants all the smoke from everybody. He, uh except Steven Adams. See, you uh, you okay, hold on really quick. Back we're gonna backpedal really fast. Okay. Because <laughs> everybody said the same thing. Oh, Shan, Shannon wanted the smoke with everybody but Steven Adams, yep. right? And yeah, I get it. Have we ever seen Steven Adams fight? Have you, Drew? No. Hit anybody? No. We just heard stories, and I'm not saying that Steven Adams can't fight, mm. but you grow up in a household of 14 siblings, yeah. you better fucking be able to fight because it's hard to put food on the table for 14 people. I don't care how rich you are, how <laughs> and, big of a... It, and, and 14 seven-footers. You know, that's no what less. I'm well, saying. They're, they're a big family. I'm not saying Steven Adams has never fought or Steven Adams is not strong. I've yeah. seen Shannon Sharp hit people and run people over and mm. take hits. So yeah. to tell me that like Steven Adams would mop the floor with, which have you seen a video of the dude lifting? Okay. The mm. guy is in extreme shape. So, so to say just off the rip that Steven Adams would just wipe the floor with Shannon Sharp is some bullshit. Just to, I'm just, I'm on Shannon's side on this. And That's fair. When he apologized, he said, look, or when he was, he did an interview with CI, which I thought was really great. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it was on uh, Shannon's podcast or vlog, whatever you call it. Mm. And he was saying like, yo, that's really me. Like, that's yeah. actually who I am. We play nice all the time. But sometimes when, when, when you poke the fucking bear, which <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, Drew, a lot of people are saying that now poking the bear <laughs> on podcasts, on TV and whatnot. They're poking the bear. Uh I, I thought it was really interesting and yeah. I just uh, how cocky and how just wild Memphis is. Right. And it mm. kind of makes you think that like, that's, that's not a championship team to me. Not yet. I still mm. think they're young. They need a little help. They need a little guidance. Steven Adams might be not, I mean, he's a great vet, but he cannot be like your leader. Am I wrong here? Uh, no, I, I, well, I do think you're wrong. I think he can be a leader. Uh, I don't think, I think he actually is a leader on that team. Uh, and one of the older players on that team, even though he's not 30 yet. Um, but he, he actually did get injured uh, also. Like he has a PCL sprain. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So uh, that's part of the reason why Memphis is, is, a, is stumbling a little bit here. There's just a couple of nagging little injuries here and there. Uh, but speaking to the Shannon Sharp thing, uh, I don't think necessarily that I would immediately assume that Steven Adams would just like destroy him. But when, when, when you're talking about fighting reach and general size is, uh, you know, a pretty good indicator, uh, Shannon Sharp would have to almost jump to punch him in the face. Uh, so I do okay. think I would take Steven Adams in that fight. Uh, okay. just cause also I, while I haven't seen him punch anybody, I've seen him get hit a lot in the NBA and just like not react at all like it was like a like a you know a little flick on the on the shoulder so i would i would definitely i would love to see the fight first and foremost i would love to see it pay-per-view let's do it um the reason that i said that he didn't want any smoke was because in the tweets and the people that he was talking to on the court he was avoiding steven adams okay that's fair the that's entire fair. time and that's that's mostly what i was getting at but 
How about put it this way? Yeah. T. Morant wants no parts of Shannon Sharp. No, no. Ever. Yeah, Don't there we ever go. Do. And, 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 ja, of, and Dylan and yeah, other none of the other Grizzlies. None of the other Grizzlies want anything okay. to do with Shannon Sharp. I think he would handle business against the rest of the squad, right. I would say. You know, right. that's fair. That's pretty fair. But Steven Adams is a so whole Steven nother. would be like the final, like in the Bruce Lee the movie boss. where he had to fight. Yeah. yeah, where he had to fight Kareem. Like <laughs> that's that's Steven Adams. Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. exactly. And I, I think Stephen Adams is one of the strongest players in the NBA. And I don't, I don't think there's much there's not much argument there. So uh, despite all that and the Lakers ended up winning that game, which was yes, great. They did. Uh, despite all that, Memphis still in the two seed, two and a half games behind Denver and three and a half games in front of the Sacramento Kings in the three seed uh, continues to be an unbelievable coaching job and playing job for these guys out in Sacramento. Uh, the beam team. As our guy, uh, basket, Basketball Jones, uh, coined him. Uh, I, I love that nickname. It's great. Uh, no reason to talk anymore about them. They're just, they're just awesome. They're playing really good. Um, so I'm happy for them to be in the three seed. And then here's where things get a little interesting, right? Pelicans, you mentioned, no Zion. Brandon Ingram's supposed to make his uh, return to the lineup tonight. Uh, they say Thank that God. questionable. God. Right, questionable, but, but it looks like he's going to be ready to go. And they've taken a little bit of a skid, lost five in a row without those two guys, as you would assume, right? Shit, man. You're going to have two of your best players. I don't know. We've been praising them a lot, though, Drew, and their depth and everything that they can do. Yeah. You know, five in a row. Okay, continue. Yeah. I mean, look, there's only so much you can do, right? Like, no Zion, no Ingram. And I think one other wing has been out for them for a little while as well. Um, but, yeah, they're still in the four seed, so we can still praise right. them. Uh, and then this, this is where it gets interesting and where it gets really, really congested is the Pelicans are 26 and 22 and literally four games separate the four seed from the 13 seed Lakers who are 22 and 26. Mm. So what that means, as you, as you guys all know, listening to the show is anyone can be in the playoffs in that mix. Really? That's the crazy part. And the Lakers are only, uh, at, at the 13 seed right now. Uh, they're only one and a half games back from Golden State in the 10 seed. And uh, they're only three games back from the five seed Clippers, right? So, like, it's just, it, it's one of the most congested Western conferences in the middle that I have ever seen. You know, if you look over at the, at the East, which we'll get into, it, there's a little bit more spacing. It's pretty normal, right? You have a little bit elbow room on either side of the, of the, uh, uh, of the seeds, right? And, and it, looks, it looks kind of appropriate. You look at the, you know, okay, that makes sense. And then you're, I just mentioned the top four seeds in the West. Nobody would have picked this top four to start the season. If you were saying midway through the season, a little bit, a little bit more than midway through the season, the top four seeds that have the home court advantage in the Western Conference, Denver, fine. People would assume mm -hmm. Memphis. OK, you could talk me into that. Sacramento and, and New Orleans. No, no way. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is this is essentially the point that I wanted to make is five Clippers, six Dallas, seven Phoenix, eight Utah, nine Minnesota, 10 Golden State, 11 Oklahoma City, 12 Portland, and 13 Los Angeles Lakers. Any one of those teams could make the playoffs and any one of those could drop out. And it's, it's crazy to me. And, and I'll just, I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying this in the West. Phoenix have won four in a row after really, really being terrible for a couple games without Devin Booker. Maybe, maybe they're starting to get some momentum here and pulling themselves back out. They were down in the 11 seed not that long ago. Uh, as, as we know, that's only one game separating them right now between the 7 and 11. So it could happen again tomorrow, right? Like they could go back down to the 11 or 10 seed, no problem. 
but with no Devin Booker, uh, I would expect for them to make a trade. The 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 news regarding the sale of the of the Suns, uh, it appears that in the next you know week or two, uh, Matt Ishbia and his um, his buying committee or whatever the hell we want to call that, uh, the sale looks like it's going to go through in the next week or two. And and every time there's a new owner, uh, they usually like to shake, shake some shit up. up. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Uh, so and, and it looks like it, it will happen before the trade deadline takes place. So I would be very keyed in on who's playing well for Phoenix, what they can get for Jay Crowder. Uh, maybe somebody else that that might be uh, on the trading block within that organization to bring in some different looks and uh, uh, you know different different pieces that can help you know get this team back up into the top of the West where they should be. Um, and then well, Golden think, State, man, oh, what's up? Well, you well, had something I, to say about Phoenix. I do. I think Phoenix is interesting because now it seems like everything I'm hearing is they're like ready to move on from CP, right? Yeah. And CP is another one of those guys. It's like, damn, dude, if you put him on a contender again, he could definitely help your squad. So if you're looking to trade with Phoenix, I mean, everybody's going to inquire about Cam Johnson, right? Or DeAndre Ayton. You're going to have to get rid of one of Miles those Bridges. three. Miles uh, Mikhail, Bridges. Mikhail Bridges, yeah. Mikhail, yeah, excuse me. Nobody wants Miles Bridges. It's obvious right now. <laughs> uh, but you're right. They're going to have to like totally redo the, the, the team, right? Mm. And I think, you know, in those you know, Phoenix has been winning the past couple of games. Cam Johnson is back. Right. And he, there's a reason why they love this kid so much, but just like the Clippers and Terrence, man, we're, we don't want to get rid of Terrence man for whatever reason. And I know Phoenix doesn't want to get rid of Cam Johnson, but I think they will be open. If it means getting a Van Vliet in there, like you, you might have to get rid of CP. And are you willing to do that? Cause CP did so much for this basketball team mm-hmm. in the organization and getting them over the, I mean, obviously Booker had a lot to do with it, but CP was the catalyst to all that. So are, are you, are, are you ready as Phoenix to move on from CP? See, I think there's a, there's a path here that you could flip like Aiton and you go get Van Vliet. That way you leave CP on there. Uh, I think there's a move. It doesn't have to be Van Vliet, but I think there's a, there is a path where they can keep, Chris Paul and still get a point guard uh, or a guard that can help them in the short term. And, and looking down the line, you know, when Chris eventually decides to hang it up, uh, take the, take the reins and move it forward. Uh, But I'm, I'm with you that that there will be without a doubt, uh, Matt Ishbia and his, and his team will have to have that conversation because Chris it's, it's showing up this year, man. You You know, how do you even do a $4 billion deal, Drew? Like, how does that even work? What a lot of paperwork. Hell? A lot of what, paperwork. What <laughs> is it just is it just point and click and like numbers just transfer? Like what the fuck happens with four billion dollars? Yeah, I think there's wire transfer. I, you know, I don't know, right? Like I, maybe there's uh, four billion is hard to come up with liquid, right? So I don't know if the, if Matt Ishbia has got it like that, where he's got four billion just like chilling in a bank right now somewhere. Uh, but you know, maybe there's assets being traded back and forth. Who knows, man? I would love to know the details of this particular sale because. Uh, I have to assume there's like thousands of pieces of paper. I mean, it has to be my wife and I just bought a house and we signed a hundred pieces of paper for, for a much smaller price point. Uh, it was well under $4 billion, our home. So, and how uh, does Balmer, like, how did Balmer do it all cash? How does that work? Right. Well, that he's got it like that. You I know? know he's got it like that. That's true. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> and Ishpia is—I mean, he's a—he's a billionaire many times over. So maybe mm-hmm. he does too. But uh, yeah, I don't know how how it works. Maybe they get in installments. So you go like, okay, what, one Billy's do 
on the signing day. And then you got, you know, over the next four years, you give them a one Billy, you know, every year. I don't know how it'll work, but uh, exciting stuff for us to be rid of Sarver. I'm very excited about that. Thank God. And I think all of Phoenix and, and their fan base should be fucking stoked that this new guy's coming in, going to take over. Um, Can but, you do me one favor real quick? Yeah. Can you give me uh, what is Dallas in the last 10 games? Christian Wood's going to be out for a minute. Um, yep. What is Dallas in the past 10 games? Because this is a team that I'm watching heavily during this trade deadline, because like we've been saying all year, like Luca needs help. And yep. I saw, and you know, uh, there was that mural that was put up in Dallas that somebody drew that was awesome. That said it was Luca holding a sign that said, send yeah. please send help. Yeah. And, and Cuban didn't like that at all. And actually emailed the guy saying it's real disrespectful. And actually it's not, it, you need to send help. He, he needs help there. So yeah. what are they in the last 10, 10 games? And God, who's out there that can help Luca? Yeah. So they're three and seven last 10. Mm. Um, they lost, they've lost the last two in a row. Um, and that's a Jeremy Grant destination for me, mm. right? Like, okay. you know, I know we've talked a lot about like ball handlers, getting somebody in there, but if you could flip like DFS for, and, and somebody and Josh green for Jeremy Grant, mm. like pull the trigger on that. Okay. Right. Like it. Um, I do think they need to unlock Jaden Hardy a little bit. Yes. They're, they're rookie. Let's let's get let's get him some more minutes because doesn't he, can. he score crazy when he's in the game like when he's playing like his he per minute stats are insane right yeah he 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 scored eleven points in four minutes it's a uh, in one of the games last month it's hard uh, to get that rock out of Luca's hand though bro it's yeah he's really he, hard he has to come in for Luca yes. in order to, in order for that to happen yes um but but uh, Dallas still in the sixth seed as I mentioned so they're even though they're they've hit the skids a little bit here they're still. Uh, on the good side of the playoffs and not in the play-in portion as of right now. Um, but the similarities, and, and the, the next team I was going to talk about, the similarities between Phoenix and Golden State are are pretty interesting, right? Phoenix 25 and 24, Golden State 23 and 24. Uh, but then you look at their home and away records. Oh. Phoenix 18 and 7 at home, Golden State 17 and 6 at home. Away records, Phoenix 7 and 17 away mm-hmm. from home. Golden State six and eighteen mm. away from home, yeah. and that clips is the worst away record in the Western Conference until you get to the fourteen seed San Antonio Spurs. So I don't know what the fuck's going on when they go on these road trips, uh, but they need to figure this shit out because the ten seed is not where this team needs to be right now. Maybe, I mean, I, it sounds to me like they're definitely over Wiseman. I think they're over the Wiseman project. It's mm. one of these times where, you know, it's kind of like how, uh, how Philly was over Markel real yeah. quick. And yep. I think it's going to bite And Markel's playing awesome basketball mm-hmm. right now. He looks phenomenal. I think uh, Golden State doesn't have the patience for Wiseman. And I think there are a lot of teams and maybe they see something that we don't get to see because we don't get to see him play that much. I haven't heard the greatest things about Wiseman. Okay. Yeah. We've seen sample sizes of him on the floor. And like, we've talked at, at length about how large he is when I got to see him this summer, like, fuck that guy's humongous. Right. Mm-hmm. But that might be the really good trading piece. It was somebody yep. that I was thinking about for possibly for the, for the Clippers, if we could get our hands oh. on him, if they're willing to get rid of James Wiseman, uh, you know, what could they get back? But it might be time to move on from that project. What do you think? Yeah, I think if 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 I'm uh, Bob Myers, I'm looking at Wiseman for sure. Who who wants him and what can we get? And then, dude, Moody and Kaminga have not come on as strongly as we all would have hoped this year. But Anthony Lamb 
They're they're not a rookie, but he's you know kind of an undrafted guy. I don't even, I actually don't even know if he was drafted or not out of uh, University of Vermont. Was a really good scorer there. I think he he brought that team to a NCAA uh, uh, tournament appearance. Um, he's been the one that's been picking up the the snuff a little bit. Dante DiVincenzo playing a little bit better as well. Right. It's it's the Kaminga Moody Wiseman of it all, right? Like you, you were you, when you roll the dice on young guys, you, you got to hope at least one of those three sticks and and stays with you when you take them that high, right? And and hopefully all three are great, but but certainly you want one or two to be able to like really contribute. Um, so, you know, I think Steph, Steph went out for a little while and, I, and it got pool right back where he was supposed to be at, which was great. I think that actually helped the Warriors a little bit, getting pool back in into the rhythm of of being the player that we saw last year. Um, but it, it didn't work very well for Steph's absence in the, in regards to those guys. I still like Kaminga the most out of all three of them. Me I think Moody's can be a contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, yeah, certainly if I'm Bob Myers, I'm looking at, I'm looking at all of them, right? Like who wants any of these guys and how much can I get? Let's see what we can do. Um, well, Bob know, Myers just, is on the trading block too. His contract's yeah. up this summer <laughs> and they're already talking to the Knicks are looking at him. A couple other teams are looking at him. Right. So who knows what's going to be his final move. If he decides to move, it'd be fun to ask uh, our boy, Jeff Crompton, what he mm. hears because he keeps his ear to the streets up there in the bay. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think what's it, Bob Myers' next move. I think a telltale sign would be uh he's not going to be the GM of wherever he trades Wiseman to. So we know we can rule that team out. Wherever whatever team gets Wiseman, he will not be the man general manager of that one. Um, so anyway, you know, once you get past the, the Golden State Warriors at the 10 seed, who uh it's one of the strangest seasons of all time for that Warriors team. I don't understand what's happening there. I would love to get some insight from Steve Kerr as to what he thinks is the reasoning behind this split between the, the home and away. And I will speak to the fact, is it the defense? Well, the, what the East is better, right? So just, just easily just throwing it out there when you, uh, when you're playing away and you're in the East and you're playing these teams that are really good in the East, you're going to take some losses. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, the Warriors still have scheduled losses, right? The other night they didn't play Steph, Clay, Dre. Like there was a night where they just didn't play anybody. Right. I don't even think Jordan Poole played in that game. So they have scheduled losses in there and they tend to be away from home or on back-to-backs or what have what have you. Uh, but I, generally speaking for the, for the Western conference, we're seeing some pretty poor away records. Like, let me look, I, the best away record in the West is uh, Denver at 12 and 10. That is the best record in the West. So that just means the East is good this year and better than the West. And I think that's been pretty obvious if you look across. Uh, so, other than other than the Warriors and the ten, we we can we can spend just a moment here talking about the the teams behind them that are currently outside of the play-in picture, which is Oklahoma City in the eleven. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're deciding. I don't get it. I, I, I you know, are they going to try and make a run for the playoffs? Is that what's going to happen this no. year? Do they, do they think no. do they think that Chet is their version of Wenbenyama and don't need to go for Wenbenyama? Maybe, uh, but they need to start losing if they want to be down in the bottom four. I mean they. They're 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 23 and 24 and San Antonio and Houston are both have 14 and 11 wins. So they they need to drop some games quick or or let's just say fuck it and let's go gung ho and let's actually, you know, start winning some more games and getting into the postseason here. Uh, And then the Blazers at 22 and 25 Lakers at 22 and 26 to round off that 13 seed. And really, that's those are all the teams that actually seem to care about the NBA. We don't even need to talk about San Antonio and Houston because they're just going for Wembenyama, as we know. Um, 
God, it's I, hope Wim- I hope Wimbo does not end up in Houston. I really don't want to. Like another guy, like you mentioned, Eric Gordon, who we've said all season yep. just wants the hell out of there. Another one of those guys that some of these teams should, should be looking at. Uh, a veteran guy that could get some buckets for you, but he looks definitely over it. Jalen Green had a career high the other night. It was really impressive, but you know, I, I just, I don't, I, I'm not a big fan. Where's Garuba at? Where's my boy? Are they are they <laughs> trading him? I want him as well. Like, are, yeah. are what what are they going to do with these guys? There's so much young talent on that yeah. on that team, but it seems like they have absolutely no direction, and it's sad because I like their coach a lot, and I just think it's. Silas. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I like him a lot. I just don't see them being able to do anything. Give me your bouquet baller for the week, Drew. Since I already gave you mine and Reggie Jackson, shout out to Reckless Reggie Jackson winning the bouquet baller of the week from Clips. Who's yours, Drew? Jonathan Isaac. Ooh, back in effect. J.I. Okay. Yeah. You know, we, we talked a lot about Clay Thompson missing time and Kevin Durant missing time and all these big stars that that everyone's aware of that, you know, had to go through some real struggles, right? Real Kawhi Leonard, you know, Paul George, Anthony Davis, all these guys we talk about. Jonathan Isaac has had a real tough road back from that bubble injury. I'm pretty sure that's when it was, Clips. I I could be mistaken, but I think it was all the way back in the bubble. It was like 900 days ago. And he played his first NBA game this week and uh, scored a nice little bucket, turn around, fade away for his first points back in the league. So I just want to, you know, tip the cap, give the kids some flowers and say, dude, well done, man. Cause a lot of people struggle with that rehab, right? You know, Clay talked about his struggles of, of, you know, just the grind of not being able to play. And every time you take a step forward, you take two steps back type of type of thing that happens with these injuries. Uh, but Jonathan Isaac is a hell of a young player and was really starting to hit some stride there in Orlando before that injury. So flowers to you, bro. Let's keep going. Let's keep flourishing. I would love to see him get, you know, those reps in, get back to his normal form. And, uh, you know, great. It's a great opportunity for him to get more minutes in Orlando. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything this year. So let's get him out there. Let's get him back up to snuff. And then maybe next year we can look at uh, potentially a playoff run for the Orlando Magic. So big shout out to Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, that's a great pull. Great call. Uh, also, with him coming back, they said Mo Bamba potentially is going to be on is as up for grabs as well. <laughs> My former uh, sleeper in that Clippers. draft. Clippers uh, get Mo Bamba. Look, look, the whole point of me saying that is that there are players that are available that we should be looking out and reaching for. Teams, throwaways from teams like, like a Mo Bamba since Orlando has nine centers on their team, nine bigs or whatever the hell it is. We need to be reaching out and looking out for those guys, those kind of guys, the footers, the guys that like can shoot threes and play defense. Like that's what the hell I'm looking for. And if Jonathan Isaac's going to be the guy that's going to be taking the minutes and you're not going to be using Mo Bamba, then yeah. Let's let, let's try to see what the price tag is on that. So I think that's a great call. Shout out to Jonathan. I, I still like watching Orlando play. I, I seem to be watching them all the time on on League Pass. It's probably because of Bull Bull and how much I love him so much mm-hmm. and to watch him play. And Paolo's just been so great. They have all the pieces there, man. If yep. we can just be in Markel's coming up. Cole Anthony looked nice. He had a great bang out the other night. I think it's a fun team to watch. Patience is going to be the key for these guys and figuring out the rotations and whatnot. But they, even with Franz, like, man, all these players I'm mentioning are hoopers. Like, they're good. They're fucking You could make a case for Paolo or Franz to be an all star. 100%. And, and, and we would listen to that case. 100. Uh, and you know what's crazy is they came out with a, they did uh, Shaq, Jamal Crawford, Candace Parker, and then the other dude that's on that show. They did their list of, of their starters, like we did last week. And three of the four, 
had Jalen Brown starting as their as the other guard, which I thought was very starting. fair. What starting starting East? starting that was their starting, and I said I, over Kyrie. Kyrie wasn't on one of theirs. Wow, it's Donovan, Jalen Brown, and huh. then a, there was a few, uh, a lot of them. Three of the four had Jaw starting over Steph. Yep, and then. uh there was one vote for SGA on there as okay. a starting all-star. So again, I thought it was fun because I had mentioned on the last show that if you, you could talk me into Jalen Brown starting, like his numbers have been great. We've been talking about Tatum yeah. all year, but Jalen Brown has been phenomenal. So to see them and their picks, I thought it was great. Uh, final thought, Drew, because we got to get out of here. I got taxes to do. <laughs> uh, final thought. Um, I'm, yeah, I'll go this route. Uh, Evan Mobley was my honorable mention my second guy that i was going to mention for flowers so i'm gonna i'm gonna use my final thought on him cool he dropped 38 and 9 and uh had a great game against the bucks no Giannis, of course right so there's that asterisk there but it's nice to see this man start to get going in his offensive game right he in college he looked like he was going to be kind of the quintessential stretch five right like he had a nice touch good jumper Obviously, a defensive juggernaut. I, he, I still think he's one of the top defensive players that we have in the league. Uh, but, you know, his offense really has has sputtered, right, in his first couple seasons here. So great to see him come out and have a great game, a game that, you know, they needed to win. And, uh, I, and, and, and you know, it, while, it, while Giannis wasn't on the court, it doesn't matter. You know, he still got to contend with Brooke Lopez in that game and, and the rest of the, the, the Bucks squad, uh, Bobby Portis. Uh, who actually is injured now as well. Sorry, Bobby. Uh, but uh, huge performance for Evan Mobley. Love to see him getting more points, more buckets. Uh, big, big for the Cavs, right? Like if we're looking big picture down the road for the Cavs, who are are very, very good, obviously health, right? That's just with every team. You, you can't have Garland or Mitchell go down. They need both those guys healthy. But then it's really Evan Mobley's got to be the next guy that that starts to come through because – Jared Allen, we know, is just, you know, he can do two things offensively. He can catch a lob and then he can offensive rebound, put that shit back in or the pick and roll. Right. So Evan Mobley is the key, I think, to success for this uh, Cavs team to make a deep run. We know Garland Mitchell can perform and score, but if they're going to beat somebody in the second round, I think they'll I think they'll advance to the second round. But that's where it gets tough. And Mobley's going to have to be the one that helps unlock them. So big shout out to Mobley. Excited for him. Yeah, I think I'm totally on on page with you on this. I think it's going to take one summer of working out with Donovan Mitchell because I know what this guy does. It's jumpers. He needs to work on his jumper and get a, get efficient with his jumper. Maybe stretch it out to the three. Don't don't rely your whole offense yeah. on the three or the jumper, but it's something that he needs. And I think again, he's young. He needs a summer with a solid vet and all star that's going to show him what it takes in the off season to get better. And if uh, if Evan Mobley continues to get better every summer, like a lot of these guys have been doing like an SGA, like, like these guys that are actually putting in the work in the off season, not saying that Evan Mobley doesn't, but he's going to be scary, like yeah. scary, good, both sides of the floor. Kind of good. Mm -hmm. If you can learn defense from Jared Allen, but learn some, some offense and some drills and some, some work to get better on your jumper, man, he's going to be so impressive. Um, good, good final thought, Drew. I got one for you and I'm going to keep All it right. on basketball. I'm not going to talk about not doing drugs and robbing stores or anything <laughs> like that, uh, which will, I'll, I'll bring, I'll give you guys an update on the next one. It's been a wild week, but I'm going to make a call right now. 
because we've been actually pretty high on this lately. I think that this all-star weekend, this all-star game that we're going to see, I think it's going to be the best all-star weekend we've had in a very, very long time. Okay. You know, I'm stoked on the dunk contest. Our boy Jericho Sims hasn't signed up yet, but we're still, we're still lobbying. <laughs> yeah, the for petition him. is getting signatures as we speak. So I think the players that we have in this all-star game that are going to play is going to be awesome. Minus, I hope KD plays. Don't think he's going to play, but something happened uh, this weekend. And I, unless it happened a couple days ago, I just found out about this. And KD's the one that actually manifested, manifested this on his podcast. But do you know how they're going to be picking teams, Drew? Yeah, I do. And you know they're going to be doing the picking right before the game, the team yep. captains. So for the first time, the NBA All-Star Draft will take place right before the game. The two team captains will draft the team rosters from the pool of players voted as starters and reserves in each conference. The draft will start at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on TNT, Sunday, February 19th. Okay, so it's awesome. You don't know yes. who you're playing for, what team you're playing for. And I love this format, okay? Yep. And I also love that on KD's show, the homie that that is the moder moderator on the show, and I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's his homeboy or... Is it Rich? <clears throat> I don't know who it his is. His agent? Rich? No. Oh, okay. No. It's this other cat. But he's like, dude, what they should do is do it like in pickup. Like, just get everybody on the court and be like, Giannis, I got Steph or, and KD's like, all right, I got Joel. And like, yeah. just pick. And then we we're going to see like the last pick, which I think yes. was Russell. Wasn't it Russell last year? Was it Westbrook last Gobert, year? Go bear. I think. Oh, it was go bear. Not Russell. It's it was, always go bear. Yeah. It was go bear last, <laughs> but I love that format. And I just think, again, we always talk about progression. This is our sixth season doing the show. We always, we we've been down on the, the NBA all-star weekend every single year. I just, there's, I have a feeling, Drew, we mm. were super disappointed last year. Yep. I think these little tweaks, right, are going to be fucking cool. So I'm looking forward to that format. And uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think that's another fun twist they're, they're putting on with the all-star game. I love it. I love it. They, they keep leaning into the pickup type of atmosphere for this game, which I do think lends itself to the type of game that it is, really. I mean, if you go back through all, all of the all-star games, it has a very much a pickup kind of feel. There's very little intensity. And then, and then all of a sudden it gets intense in the fourth quarter. I want to take it one step further. I love this tweak. I do. I love it. I like I like not having it the week before or making it some sort of televised event. I mean, I'm glad we're going to get to see it all. And, and I love having it happen right before. But my step further is let's line up and shoot for it, baby. Let's make it all the way pick up. Let's go top of the key. First 12 guys to make it on one side, oh. next 12 guys on the other side, and that's how you do it. That would be the ultimate, because then they can turn that into a show. Like, that's actually a show, right? You get to watch these guys. Then you get some tactics in there, too. So, like, if mm -hmm. KD doesn't want to be on the same team as Russell Westbrook, not saying that that's going to happen because I don't think Russ is going to be an all-star this year, but something like that, KD can miss intentionally. He can go like, oh, I just didn't slipped out of my hand or, you know, missed that one on purpose. Like, you get into some of that stuff, too, but – um I do. I really like the tweak. I would love to see what I just mentioned happen next year. Or, or like make it a knockout game or something, you know, the right. two sides of the floor go out. I, I just think you might end up with nothing but guards on one team. That'd yeah. be, you know, that's what I'm well, saying. No, is it, hey, Jokic and B, they can knock down. A, they can knock down a three. I mean, yeah, you but know, go, where's Gobert going to be? You know, it's what I mean? nice because like, we know Giannis will be on the miss side. So at least you got Giannis over there on, on the brick side. Those and, are facts. And you could. Yeah, they could. I think it could work pretty good. All we need is Jericho to sign the damn on the dotted line, or, get into the slam or Aaron dunk contest. Go or, or Aaron Gordon. 
Or uh, AG, apparently... look, if we vote him in, and he, you could vote him in. I see Aaron, Aaron Gordon should be an all-star. He's another <laughs> one of those fringe guys. He wants to be back in the dunk contest. Yeah. That'd be awesome to get AG back, right? I, I I would love it for the dunk contest. I don't think he's going to be an all-star this no. year, and I, but it, it's a, it's an interesting technique. I don't know. I don't know if Adam Silver would let that fly, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. There are triple votes, guys. Denver fans, put AG in the mix. All right, <laughs> it's tax time. I got to get going. You know Clips and Drew are going to be back shortly. Battle of LA is over. We can all move on with our lives. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is, you know-